Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, of course we look back on the FA Cup, oh, as you'd imagine. The magic of the FA Cup. Paul Jiggins from The Sun popped in and saw us, and we looked at some of the big shocks. We'll bring you that. Um, also, uh, we spoke to the comedian, uh, runner, podcast and Liverpool fan, and Irish rugby fan, Jarl Reagan joined us. Yeah. Had a chat with him about what he's up to. He's going for a particular sporting record. I mean, he's shaving 10 minutes of his time. Pretty impressive. It's all down to the shoes you're hearing about. I think it, it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, we also had a chat with Kane Smith. He's the Boreham Wood defender who will be going to his beloved Goodison Park. He's a massive Evertonian, and that win against Bournemouth. essence of the FA Cup. It certainly was. It was. He was a really lovely lad, so we enjoyed chatting to him. We had a bit of a conversation, and he's bought a new toy. You'll hear about that. <laughs> and we had the clips of the month for January as well. So, a packed show. Here it all is. <laughs> Six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. We've just been watching a, a 62 gun salute, which is yeah. taking place across the road. Just uh, just yeah. uh, the Tower the of London, Queen. just over the river. And, Why not uh, 70 or 21? It's a bit random, isn't it? 62. It's a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, all we can see in here in this sort of hermetically sealed studio is a puff of smoke coming from the, the the side of the Thames. I mean, we take it, it's making a noise. We can't hear it. That's the only problem. Never mind. Anyway, uh, it, was yeah. a, it was a good weekend's football, but I've got some breaking news, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chelsea have withdrawn from the World Club Championships. They've been replaced by Plymouth. Oh, yeah. well, that's not a bad... <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? I'd give them a chance, the way okay, that's I've never been so annoyed after a victory. Really? Honestly. <laughs> it's such heavy with it. Well, this team is ridiculous. 40 shots at goal and they score twice. It's un- yeah. unbelievable. It would work three times, but well done. If I, uh, my neutral hat on, I thought Plymouth did very well. The they did play well, well, didn't they? But, they uh, had chances towards the end as well. It was that little one-on-one, wasn't mm. there, with Kepper? They could have taken it to extra time. Well, they could have done, could've... but, you know, it should have been 6-1, really. But yeah. there you go. Uh, there were three five o'clock kickoffs, and uh, on match of the day, they said, Hugh Ferris has the details. Hugh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it with the FA Cup. It gives, gives people a chance, doesn't it? It's marvellous. It certainly does. Very early morning disappointment for Max Rushton. Cambridge weren't really in that game, were they? Was no, they were well beat, weren't they? That was a bit of a disaster. Yep. And uh, Ivan... Oh, yes. I think I might have come up with a new uh, new expression. <clears throat> Ivan Tony couldn't get enough Ray purchase on the ball. Oh, OK, <laughs> right, yeah. Couldn't get enough Ray. That's my new expression. Is that what you're going for that? Yeah. You've got to be a fan of toast, really, to get <laughs> yeah, there. Right. I don't know if it's going to be... That's very true. ...going to enter the vernacular quite you know, strange. Not. We were watching that Manchester United game on the train mm. coming back mm. on my sling box. Yes. And, uh, but we didn't, I didn't see the second half because we got off the train. How on earth was that goal allowed to stand? You might as well have caught it. <laughs> It's a classic example of one of those. Rules are ridiculous. The rules as they. Well, as I didn't understand one in the Burnley Wolves game on Saturday. I mean, the players. I mean, his, his arm's not in a natural position. Yeah. His arms is, is kind of stuck yeah. right out to one side. His head's turned the other way. Yeah. Uh, and how's that not a penalty? It's hitting your hand there, and it could be potentially going into the box. I don't understand oh, why that's no, not a penalty. I no. I. Uh... <laughs> no, but I think it was based on something you said. I saw Sean Dyche in a vaccination centre. It's my jab, by the way. <laughs> I think it was the producer who <laughs> gave us that. Good. Yes, sure that's that a beautiful one. note. Beautiful note. Uh, and uh, what else have we got here? Oh, yes, the producer's very happy because Torquay beat Hollywood Wrexham yeah. to dent their playoff hopes. 1-0 win there. Is that now a much bigger scalp? I look at the producer. Yeah, so everybody in the National mm. League wants to do for Wrexham because of their Hollywood connection. So, yeah. 
well, what about that? So, yeah, so good, no, it's good always going to be. They've not gone in there and you know they're they're, they're doing what Newcastle are doing. It's it's a mm. gradual process. They're not changing it overnight. But I mean, you know, a bit. I'm sure John, uh, our producer, and Charlie Baker, talkie fans and, and fans of mm. other uh, national league clubs know uh, that that's likely to change. Much as fans of Premier League clubs know that uh, things are going to get better for Newcastle, so there will be a time when they're just they're just walking the league and getting back mm. uh, into the football league. You would think. Yeah, it's going to be some interesting games this week. I mean, Newcastle against Everton is a, you know, really... Everton did well, didn't they? But uh, there was a strange match report in one of the papers. It says, I mean, everything, all the other match reports and all the focus was on Lampard. In fact, they scored four goals for mm. the first time for ages. And, you know, I don't know how many games, a lot of games. And uh, But it says Goodison was a good place to be on Saturday night unless you were Jordan Pickford. And this whole report was about how poor Pickford was. And you think Pickford is supposed to be England's best and has 42 caps. That does not necessarily prove Southgate's right in sticking mm. by him. You think, you know, they did win 4-1. <laughs> That's a very now, strange... I know, Andy, what thing. you're doing, you're deflecting, mate. I can see that. Because what you really want to talk about, and I know it's too painful oh, yeah, no, for you at the painful, moment. painful, very painful. Um, Stephen uh, has been in touch from... Um, Stephen Holly's been in touch, mm. as has um, Ben the, from Fairham. Um, Andy must be devastated Neighbours is being axed Gutted. Uh, yeah. Can you get Alan Fletcher on the phone Very worrying news for Neighbours I, I wanted to get Alan on actually But they're having a meeting today So maybe we'll get him on on Wednesday or something Because they'll know by then Well, I think the idea They're going to keep making it in Australia aren't they No Oh they're going to stop making they're it They're going to stop making it in June Yeah that's it Because if they can't find somebody to fund it here it's not viable, right? The costs. It's not viable to have it in Australia. So, um, I've had a. An Were idea we the last, last nation clinging on then? Were we? Yeah. The, so we well, really. Who else was there really apart from <laughs> us in Australia? Is it not big? Was going to be big in America? Not big in Malaysia? Not massive in Malaysia. I don't okay. know. You know if it's uh, it's on in Italy. And uh, <laughs> I've got a plan though. That, that instead oh, yeah. of showing five a week, they just show one a week. At least that'll keep it going for about another five years. Yeah, but it's the economy of scale, Andy. By the time you've set up a studio and all of that. No, no, the yeah. ones they've already recorded. Oh, right. So from now on, from this day forth. Oh, okay. Show, just Sounds show, like an edict from this day just forth. Just show one a week and then right. it'll, we'll be able to spin it out. What's the last episode of Neighbours going to be like? Is it going to be... Will it be like the end of Scarface? Do you think... I mean, will they just go mad? I mean, I suppose if you are if you can write the last episode of a soap... Was that Butch Cassidy and the Sundance? Yeah. Game? Alan Fletcher. Alan and Susan rush out of a building firing their guns and we freeze on them. That's it. We, sorry, spoiler alert if you haven't... Uh, if you haven't seen Butch Cassidy and I think I think the statute of limitations means I can give her the end of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid oh you've ruined it I'm going to watch it tonight 1968 I've been hanging on Mm. or whenever it was anyway um, yeah Neighbours to End uh, shocking news and it's a a disaster very upset but anyway we we may follow up on that and talk a bit of Liverpool with uh, Dr Carl Allen Fletcher at some point once once the uh, the news is official let's hope Mm. he gets a stay of execution it's That's not what often it? happens. I mean, you know, it? you feel for the actors. Like, you know, it's Paul Robinson, he's been in it for the whole time. I mean, yeah, he's given a so leg and a, bit like a virtual Ken leg. He's not going to get another part, is he? In any well, he could do. It's always, I mean, you, know, you think he might be typecast at this well, stage? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. Sake. I'm not sure, Andy. I'm not sure. I think he can work his way through that much as <laughs> Ken Barlow just popped into the wall pack. He wouldn't even even give it a second thought, would you? They should have transfers between soaps. That's a good idea. What about that? A transfer system? Mm. We have soap deadline day. Where, where people exciting. could move. Phil Mitchell could go uh, yeah. go on, to, on, on loan to Emmerdale. So he just goes <laughs> this and turn the wall pack being, you know. Hey, what's this? Have we got any lager? This is, what's this with Ed on it? It'd be yeah. great, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Have, if you want to join Jim in on the... Jim involved, Jim White, obviously. Let's say the date, the window's today. This is it. It's, uh, it's oh, yeah, We just made that up, of course. But it is um, soap window, transfer window day to day. So if you've got any breaking news from the soap transfer window, we would love to hear it. We will break it for you uh, here on the show. Any rumours, uh, any done deals, any loans, let us know. Talksport.com. Where's the curling? It's not on the screen. We're going to put the... We seem to have nothing on the other screens. I'll get the curling on. Yeah, we um, were watching it outside before. Well, Andy, you seem to know... Uh, you seem to be very interested in a sport you know very little about. <laughs> no. Because you said, oh, that's a terrible mm. show. Oh, no, actually, it's a great <laughs> shot. So... I don't know you're going to make... Uh, we've we did got come up with a great presenting David team. David Broom, Paul Brush... Rob Curling. Rob Curling. 
Ian Stone. Ian Stone. And Ice T. Ice T. Uh, that's going to be our top curling team bringing you that. Anyway, we move on. We're going to kick off looking back on the <laughs> FA Cup weekend in the company of the Suns, Paul Jiggins. He took in a game. Was a great FA Cup weekend starting mm-hmm. Friday night. Um, and we'll look at the shot. I hated it. I hate the FA Cup. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> all right if it's not your team. But if it's your well, team. You won, he... Andy. I know, but we were pathetic. Okay, was... well. He did a Kepper penalty save to keep We us... may not promise to cover yeah. every game, but we will look at the shocks, we will look at the scares, and we will look at the main talking points of the other matches very shortly. I enjoyed Kidderminster West Ham, of course. Yes, I thought you might do. You love <laughs> you love their discomfort. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, we are asking you about the soap transfer window. Of course, the window closes tonight. And he thinks the only way to keep neighbours alive possibly is to have a transfer system and bring some other people in. Paul Jiggins and the Sun has joined us to talk FA Cup. But you do have some breaking news from the canine world. Indeed, I'd have gone bouncer for Wellard. Straight swap, isn't it? Just straight swap, not dog plus money. You well, don't think it would be, be you know, that? Could be a yeah. few bones involved there. Yeah. Key says, I've never heard, I'm from Malaysia, I've never heard of Neighbours except, except as a springboard for Kylie Minogue's career. Well, Key, you've missed out. You've got a whole back catalogue to watch. <laughs> Maybe she could fund it. She's got worth a few quid now, hasn't she? Yeah. Well, they, they did like a management buyout. Yeah, all the stars. Her and Jason go in, you know, like, like the Saudi owners. And they, <laughs> they come in and run it and then just bring in talent from other soaps. That exactly, was, that sounds yeah. like a winner to me. She place Danny in charge. She's not doing much these days, is she? <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the magic of the FA Cup. I think people were just delighted to see live football back after a couple of weeks. And uh, Friday night set us up very nicely, but not if you're a Manchester United fan. We're going to look at shocks, scares and points of interest. We'll kick off with the shocks. And, you know, it's only a division between them. Such was United dominance, really, for most of the game. Mm. I mean, it was a shock. They didn't get a result out that game against Borough, was so it? You know what? I find this really funny in the way that the TV company, I think it's one in the eye for the TV companies because every time they show, because when it's on terrestrial TV, mm. they don't get a chance to show Man United. And obviously they're the big um, draw when it comes to you know, uh, subscribing games to around the world. Mm. And when this happens and United get sort of beaten and it's not sort of anything but United, I think it's more against the, the way people treat them and the way people look in awe on them. And you could, you know, as soon as that penalty went over the bar, you could hear all the, all the groans of the TV execs thinking, oh my goodness, <laughs> where do we go in the next round yeah, now? Yeah. I think quite a lot of people are saying they will still be on in the next yeah, round. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> they'll <they're> probably... <laughs> exactly, they'll show an yeah. old game. Sorry, I forgot about <laughs> that. They'll yeah. show one of the many old games against Villa from, <laughs> from in the past, yeah. But it was, a, I mean, a great, great result for Barrett. They got Tottenham at home next. And uh, they, they were lucky, though, they were, really. but their penalties. Never I, thought, I thought their penalties were fantastic. I yeah, mean, they, they were, and I just think that mm. with all the shocks, I think Forest for Park, man, um, you mm. know, they all had the um, the classic ingredients like a keeper playing well, uh, the the favourites uh, strikers not being able to hit a barn door, yeah. refereeing decisions going their way. And then obviously, you know, a bit, a bit of luck, or a lot of luck, you know. And I think that's like the main ingredient. It, it was like Luke Cow and Dicky, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the only thing I would say about that is it's, it's in other games as well. We at least we seem to be consistent with the inconsistency, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. They changed the rules, so there you go. I know exactly. It's not you know that's the sad thing about it is that they've changed the rules I of the game. Chris Wilder looked very smart. He's, I think he's gone to Ralph Hassan, who's was Taylor. You think so? Makeover. He looked very well turned out. That very was, well turned uh, out. So yeah, um, Forest Leicester was uh, again a, a fantastic Ooh. performance. Wow, I mean, a very a, poor performance by Leicester, but well, well you, done you say Forrest. that, but Leicester started the first ten minutes or so, you know, fifteen really well, and you mm. thought, God, they've adapted this game. They're not, they're not going to do what Arsenal did uh, and be caught, and then suddenly. Bosch was it three goals in nine minutes or whatever yeah. it was. Um, you know, Forrest just blitzed mm. them and mm. uh, Leicester already got the goal back. Ian Acho, when the keeper did them a huge favour, uh, you wondered if you know they would then had the platform to come out after half time uh, and really put it on Forrest. But Forrest coped with that so admirably. And again, you know, Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough must have some defence to let like <laughs> the Jed Spence sort of oh, not, no. not be there. How can a player go on loan from Middlesbrough? To Forest and up his transfer value and suddenly become a target for Premier League clubs. He's definitely yeah. going to be in the Premier and, League. And uh, Brendan Johnson, Brendan Johnson, as well. Johnson as there was well. A, there was a quite a high kind of quotient of um, of scouts there yesterday. Apparently, I can and imagine. Uh, but also, it out. was a way that they were so composed around the area, sort of in the penalty box. They weren't just sort of taking pot shots. They were really working out mm. chances. In you know, almost like they looked like the Premier League club. They were so quick on the ball. The passes were one touch. You know, Leicester couldn't live with them. 
Tell you're what I mean, also, thinking now. Yeah, sorry, because Steve Cooper's done a brilliant yeah. job, hasn't he? And uh, he always looks like he's going to sneeze, though, doesn't he, Steve Cooper? <laughs> I've not noticed that. What he's just about it's to just sneeze. got that expression. You have a look. <laughs> okay, well, next I'm going to see. I'm also we'll I'm going to see. So he's constantly on the. So he says, "What do you make of the game, Steve?" And he goes, so uh, hang on, hang on, uh, hang on. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> yeah that's it. Oh, yeah, it's coming. But it's a bit <laughs> or nice looking like at the light, trying to get the light on the top of his nose so he can get one out. Potter in them as much as you know, a big job definitely awaits him. But I was thinking about it because if Forrester promoted. He'd be better off leaving at that point because you know what happens to these teams. They get promoted, the manager comes up, they don't do too well because it's very hard in the Premier League, it's a big difference, and then the manager gets fired. Yeah. So, you know, and then his whole stock drops. And it's very rarely that, um, if it's, like we saw with Chris Wilder, takes a team up in Sheffield United, did really well, showed yeah. that he has got the ability to manage in the Premier League, but was never going to get offered. He said his next job was never, after he left Sheffield United, yeah. he was never going to be a Premier League club. Um, when he was out of work, he might mm. get an offer when he's in, a, in actually in the job, and then he asked. You're right. I think if he, you're going be for your own for your own selfish career progression, then I think young English managers then have to move sort of move on when they get the chance. I mean, I, you do get the sense that if they did go up Forest, they mm. will get you know the, the the ownership will will support him, but whether yeah, they can support him enough very, to stay, very, in the it's a massive thing for them to go up though. It's still they've still got a lot to do. I know yeah. they're mm. playing well, absolutely. Um, and as we've seen in the past. Maybe sometimes Forrest's uh, problem is not when they play the bigger clubs like we've seen with Arsenal. It's when sort of smaller clubs come to them because when you go there, um, it's steeped in history. Obviously, it's, mm. a, it's a, uh, for the championship a massive ground, a massive mm. club. And then when you're behind the scenes at Forest, I've not been there for about a year, but behind it is just full of from their glory days yeah. know, the European oh the history the, I mean the weight of history is, we were up there doing a, heavy. A, a, an outside broadcast a while back uh, um, doing it from the side of the pitch with Chris Oelamo a little while ago and Max Rushton and you're right everywhere you go around the ground in the club shop all the pictures inside the stadium the weight even, of history is absolutely fans crushing isn't it champions of Europe you'll never sing that yeah. to the Leicester fans yeah. yesterday, and some of the youngest of the fans must be thinking what are they talking about <laughs> <laughs> but it was a worrying lack of response from Leicester I thought yeah. uh, Forrest noticeably running harder running more you know it's all very boring for Brendan Rodgers to sort of have a go at the players and say well some of them are going to have to go but you, normally we know what happens when this starts now. yeah that was a bit worrying and it's sort of come I know they won the FA Cup last year and I know they've been besieged with injuries and, and things like that. But it's been one or two sort of um, disgruntled sort of murmurs coming out from around around Leicester sort of saying about maybe things aren't as what they what they should be and what they've been used to in the last couple of years. Now, admittedly, you might have mitigating sort of circumstances and all those, but you, you can't afford too many more performances like uh, yesterday's. Or, defending all you know, seasons. Pe- not people, good. No, exactly. Or people are going to start... I mean, it's Sionku, when he came... And he looked like the, um, it, well, I think they bought him from Maguire's replacement, wasn't it? He looked outstanding. You're thinking, well, they've put another one, you know, off the production line from another club somewhere. And, he, you know, he looks even better. He could, like, potentially be even better than Maguire. But, wow, this season, when when you see him, even sort of to the end of last season, yeah. you're thinking, you know, so let them down, that fan that came on. Oh, you know, let them so, down, blind. So poor. He's going to get a life ban now, obviously. And,. Uh, just wonder, you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, they were losing three one anyway before that goal. They were never going to win the game. I see why he came on and did that. Absolutely, oh, he's, he's an idiot. That's yeah. why. Well, that's um, Paul Jiggins is with us. We're uh, we're going to continue looking at the shocks. We haven't talked about uh, Bournemouth, Boreham Wood yet. We are going to have a chat later on with Kane Smith, Boreham Wood defender, big Evertonian as well. So he can't wait for the next round. Uh, we'll look at the uh, the scares which featured Chelsea and West Ham and some of the other points of interest from the FA Cup weekend. A little bit of breaking news from the soap transfer window with neighbours in peril. It's the last day of the soap transfer window. And uh, at this moment, I'm cleaning windows on Brookside Close, honestly, says Nobby in Liverpool. I've just seen Barry Grant in talks about a remake of Albion Market. So just some of the stories. And I'm not sure this is true. Amy Turtle on her way from Crossroads to Hollyoaks. Unfortunately, Ted, we'd have a job. Two different stories, as Alan once said. Keep your um, your rumours from the transferred um, window in the world of soaps coming. Talksport.com, text 81089. Tweet TSH and J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
Sun's Paul Jiggins with us. We're looking back on the FA Cup weekend. We've got one more shock to come before we move on to the scares. And, of course, it is Boreham Wood versus Bournemouth. High-flying Bournemouth with a few of the new faces in the mix. Mm. A pretty decent side out there. Campwell got on. Phillips was playing, wasn't he? So, I mean, he, blimey. It I was have a to t- say, I watched all the games. This is the one game I didn't see. So. Well, well, but Boreham Wood were brilliant, brilliant defensively. Really, really good. Mrs J was about to turn over to... Um, was it Marigold Hotel or not? Oh, I'm not having that. So I flicked on the phone, see that Boreham Wood were winning. I thought I'll catch the last half hour of that. And it was enthralling. I mean, we, yeah, yeah, we speak yeah. a lot in, in, about the Premier League in terms of tactics, technical ability and the superstars and, you know, mm. the, the, those sort of technical sides of the game, the ele- those elements. But, you no, know, for sheer heart, mm. will, desire, passion, never say die spirit. Uh, you know, that's sometimes overlooked and they show how important those qualities are in the FA Cup yeah. and Bournemouth hi- highlighted that perfectly um, it, was, it was really hanging on at times and but they was also like, you know throwing their bodies in front of the ball etc and you're thinking my goodness it's players with more talent than these fellas and I'm not, don't be disrespectful to them mm. would put in half of their commitment attitude and ability Yeah, then they could be so much better and I love the fact that you know as was revealed on TalkSport earlier a few of them Still carried on drinking all through the night. Freddie Flint off to start. I think that's, that's old school, isn't it? We <laughs> want to bring the magic of the cup back. Let's the see ma- more the of that. The manager was yeah. saying that they, mm. I'm going to sound like a high, high court judge here, playing teenage dirtbag in the dressing room. Yeah. What is that? I'm just a teenage dirtbag. Weetus. You never heard it. Can no. we find it for Weetus. Andy? For, for uh, high court judge Andy Jacobs. Yeah. We'll, no, we'll, not we'll aware find of it. it. You must know the song, I don't Andy. know the song. but I well, They're probably not your target them. audience. No. no, they do. They were singing it. The, and the band reached out to him. I definitely noticed that on... Uh, Social media and said, "Oh, we're all boring Wood fans now." Of course they Probably are, momentarily. Well, because they're thinking of the, the royalty payments yeah, when, they, when every are. TV company pays it between now and the, the next yeah. round. We're going to have a chat with Kane Smith. Hopefully, he wasn't one of the boys drinking all night. If he was, we hope he's had a couple. Hopefully, of hours he was. Um, <laughs> he's a big Evertonian. You saw him in the the Hibbert shirt at the end. Oh, was that the reason? So yes. I, I did think there was a connection. No, there, he, I, he, I, go, I, I he goes to games and he's uh, a ma- massive fan. So it's a dream. And he obviously knew the draw before they played, yeah. so he knew that was the carrot at the end. Uh, there's it. just one point I'd like to make out there at the end of it as well. Mm. Scott Parker, the way he congratulated yeah. the Boreham Wood manager, was I thought was a, a real cl- bit of class there yeah. because a lot of managers we've seen this week have uh, just you know shook hands, looked the other way, and stormed down the tunnel and not given any sort of credence. To, I thought the, the way Scott actually stood there, didn't rush off. Mm. I thought fair play. It must have been very difficult that, as, especially being the home manager, bad enough when you got to do it in, when you're the away team and you get knocked out of the cup. But to actually do that in front of your own fans. We wouldn't have been happy. He with also them. knew the goal scorer, didn't he? They were at um, uh, Mark Ricketts. They were at Charlton together. Where Mark started off at Charlton, so wow. he knows him. And he said, "Look, he, I said I always had a lot of time for him. Then he's a good lad, and I'm pleased for him." So oh, that's yeah, great. Well done to to Scott Parker for taking it on the chin. Let's look at some of the. We've seen the shocks. Let's look at the scares and uh, all the things you said about uh, Borenwood. I think Drew Kidderminster as well. That was a, a fantastic. That was cruel, wasn't it? Even the Very West Ham players. I mean, Yarmolenko was picking one of their boys up. Says, "Get up! You you couldn't have done any more. You were absolutely fantastic." You know, this guy's a sort of international, and he could see the effort and the. And the, the work they put into that game. Even though Kidderminster was so on top um, for the first half and then when you could see West Ham coming back into it and even though we went that deep, I resisted the temptation to text any of my West Ham mates. <laughs> yeah. I could seriously see yeah. what was coming out. You, know, you, could, um, you could never have predicted. The, I mean, the, the equaliser was late enough, but the winner to yeah. come that late was just uh, you know, so cruel. But it's almost, you know, in, in some ways... The way us Brits are, you know, we we love a glorious loser, mm. and they sort of certainly sort of won the nation's hearts, I think. And most unusual for an early game to be that passionate and that entertaining, because normally the stinkers, as you saw. Yeah, <laughs> Declan and Rice made such a difference when he came on. Do you do you think oh, the voice, isn't if it? West Ham don't finish top four, would it be hard to keep him? Do you think? Oh, it depends. How I mean, they're, they're going to want they 130 million, yeah, maybe yeah. upwards. Uh, it's difficult to say. Someone's got to come in and pay that much. I'm not saying he's not worth it. Mm. Um, he's also got to decide. And I think this will have a major bearing um, on the summer's transfer window. Is when we come to talk about players like Rice, Kane, etc., who 
we could possibly talk about leaving, are they going to want to unsettle themselves just a couple of months before a World Cup? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a major... Uh, you would work on the basis of your deck and rice, you'll back yourself to be playing regularly wherever you oh, go. Oh, well, absolutely. But I, mean, I do it, know it, what it, you mean. It's, it, it, it's, it's quite a major It depends upset. where the offer comes from, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. If he's only going across London, there's probably Andy hopes he would be, <laughs> then he's not going to make a difference. But if you've got to up sticks and go to either another country or another part of the country, yeah. then it might be... Um, a different outlook on it. That's a very good point, Paul, because we often talk about the effect that a transfer window has during a World Cup year, and we normally think players want games, so they will go on loan to clubs where maybe they wouldn't have done otherwise to make sure they're playing. But you're right, in such a short turnaround, and we could have a situation where isn't it? players are thinking, do I want this next two months to be upheaval? Do I want the kids in a new school? Do I want us in different parts of the country or different parts of Europe? Or, yeah. or, or you're right. It's it's, no, no, it's, it's, it's going to be, be a factor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the clubs can do everything they can to settle a player in. But um, anyway, we'll, uh, we shall see. Chelsea, Plymouth. As I say, Chelsea were were um, well on top and had plenty of chances. But Plymouth had their their opportunity to take it back to two all towards the end. And Lukaku has been the big talking point. It was he's just. Completely off the boil, isn't he? And they just can't get a tune out of him at the moment. You know, I just I can't understand because he started to see, started so promisingly, didn't he? Also, when he came, what's so frustrating is he came back and he played brilliantly against Villa, and then he did the interview. The interview came out, and that killed him completely. Mm. And he played well in that game, and you think, oh, and since do you think interview, he's smarting from the sort of the, the sort of nature of the having to make the apology and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera? Is that had a bearing on it? Is it soured the relationship? Possibly a bit the. The confidence, you know, the fact that they weren't spotting his runs to start with, so he stopped making the runs. And do you blame him or do you blame the manager for not integrating him? It's a bit of both, isn't it, really? But it's a, it's been a disaster because they bought him for a reason and it, it hasn't happened and they look better without him, let's be honest. When when he doesn't play, they look more fl- fluid, they look, they look more likely they're going to score. Yeah. So, you know sort of how bad the situation <clears> is when you're not talking about Werner and you're talking about him. Yeah, Werner will go in the summer, but the, the one I'm frustrated with is Havertz. I think Havertz should play every game. When he came on Saturday, it's just a touch of class about him. You know, yeah, he could have put Ziyech in, but, you know, he did set up the mm. goal for Alonso. He's a good play. He should yeah. be, I'd play him with Lukaku, but, you know. Well, well done to Plymouth. Was yeah. a, they made a good Keeper start. Was great. The, the fans Cooper, had a great job. Oh, yeah, some cracking saves, absolutely. There's some points of interest. Um, Wolves going out the FA Cup at this stage. I mean, you know, they, they a, couple, a couple of good results this week against Tottenham and Arsenal, mm. and they're they're properly pushing for top four. So maybe that's the priority. But you know, being beaten by Norwich, going out four of the, wins in five though. Yeah, out for Norwich, the FA Cup. I mean, personal manager of the month for large as well, wasn't it? Dean Smith thinks mm. that um, the FA Cup will be good for him. He thinks it will increase confidence. I actually agree with this. I know um, I think when you rotate your squad too much, uh, and then all people say, oh, an FA Cup run can you know, uh, interfere and, and um, sort of cause a distraction. I don't know. I think w- w- when you're looking to get wins and you can't get them in the Premier League, then mm. if you get a couple in the Cup, then your record suddenly goes from being you know not won a, uh, a Premier League game in four to actually winning two out of six in your last... Game, which, yeah. is, which is a lot better, and it's you know I think it can uh, provide confidence, and I think it can um, you know get, try and get momentum back and just sort of restore the faith a little. Breaking news from the order curling, sadly in the mixed doubles, um, it was Norway victorious over Great Britain in the semi. Messed that up completely. Yeah, <laughs> so he's going to start railing against our curlers now. <laughs> Rubbish. Um, so yeah, bad news from the world of curling. Apologies for that. Um, let's look at some of the other talking points. Um, Frank Lampard. That's it for another four years. From the rooms away, lads. We've got, we've got the other pairings and the singles. I'm just guessing. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, we got the uh, yeah. We've got the luge to. What am I talking about? Um, so Everton, um, uh, Brentford, and yeah, Frank Lampard's first game. A pretty Dream start for him. Yeah. It? I mean, mm. I, I know that. Let's talk about the positives from Everton's point of view. It was a very very good result, um, but. Uh, Brentford, I mean, that's not good for them. In the same way we talk about mm. the FA Cup being good for Norwich, that's it's not good worry, when you keep looking you know, at the numbers. Um, I do fear a little bit for Brentford, and I think if someone gets, they could get sucked in. I think that uh, people rightly uh, got so carried away with their fantastic start and mm. the way they played. But I actually now think, in some ways, the way they play, and because they, they want to stick to their principles, that could end up being you know, to it their downfall. three or four goals every game. You, know, they, you can't do that, can no, you? In, in, in any level, you can't do that. That's why I say, well, Ericsson, yeah, he'll be great. I'm not sure he will be. But, he, you know, if they don't sort it out of the back, they're definitely in trouble. Yeah, they, yeah. they need to be a bit uglier, don't they? 
they can concentrate on the league anyway. Other main talking points: a couple of um, well, one nice story: Harvey Barnes scoring on his return after that that uh, ankle dislocation, coming back with great goal, wasn't it? It was, and I actually thought that was a good game as well. I thought Cardiff mm. took it to them a bit. Um, They're like, not Harvey Barnes. I'm talking Harvey, Harvey Barnes. Sorry, Harvey, Harvey Barnes. Elliott. Harvey Elliott. I do apologise. Yeah. Sorry, but mate, you know, um, yeah. Steve Morrison done a good job in, in the way he set up, and they, they played a few young players as well. Yeah, so that, that they looks, you know, good for them going forward. I know Steve's obviously the, the under twenty three coach there, and was the um, he's obviously an interim charge at the moment. Um, but they, you know, they took a, a again. A, what was great to see this weekend was a large number of fans at games, especially a large number of away yeah. fans. Um, even if at the Tottenham game, the four, the poor five thousand seven hundred Brighton fans. Couldn't get a train home afterwards, but yeah, um, that's another issue. I mean, fifty-four. It was fifty-four thousand at the at the Tottenham game. Yeah. Is that right? Which is yeah. I mean, with a pretty decent crowd for a late on a Saturday night. Uh, that's when the shedding's got to come in, isn't mm. it? I think, and then I've got to look at that. And I know it's you know uh, not the club's fault, but like I said, if you're going to build yourself as having a public transport stadium, then you've got to make sure that all those fans travelling there can by and large get away from it by using public transport. Yeah, Harry, um, Harry Kane looks like he's. Full, smiling again, back. isn't he? Yeah, it's the most yeah, important yeah. thing. Smiling and scoring again. Yeah. But he actually looks happy playing there. Um, he did a few interviews afterwards and said he's never felt fitter. Um, that Antonio That's the Conte, Con- effect, and Conte has, has changed the mm. mindset. Yeah. And I just get the impression that Kane now thinks he's got a manager with the same ambitions as he has. Mm. And I, he's right. And uh, you know, aside from you know, Mourinho had it, but I don't think Mourinho had the modern day uh, ability to transfer what he wanted on to, into the players there. Yeah. Um, Pochettino obviously wanted that but was hampered by other reasons in terms of building the stadium. But yeah. I think now there's almost no excuses from Tottenham if you like and they'd be interested to see what Kane decides this summer if, if he you know, tries to fall through and move again. I've, I've just got a sneaky feeling that now as long as Conte stays then he mm. I, think um, I think they'll finish top four Spurs. I, I thought mm. that the minute Conte <clears> walked in and I've seen nothing to change my uh, mind. Kuliszewski and uh, Benton Cool, you had a look at them. I mean, for guys to pick up the pace of the Premier League into a game that's already being played, they both did quite well, didn't they, really? Well, when you just got rid of Brian Hill... Um, or, or the FA Cup, uh, two uh, Premier League And, and everyone's saying that, mm. you know, the main reason... Because when he, kept, he came, you know, he looked like Danny Kendall out of EastEnders. He was never going to fit the physicality mm. of the Premier League. Uh, lovely player in a five-a-side game, I would imagine, but mm. the Premier League requires more than that. These two guys look like they've got the, the pace, the strength and the power to deal with it. And my goodness, when they brought on uh, Kudelski, I thought, it's just a centre-half, the size of him. He's yeah. an absolute beast. Mm. And, and yet for someone, you know, I don't want to say good feet were a big man, but not only good feet, good intelligence as well. Mm. It, it didn't seem rushed, even though he only had no. about 20 minutes to show. And he, he would have been eager to impress on his debut and show people what he could do. Carved out two chances, one for Bergwijn, which... Well, played, the one Bergwijn put over yeah, the bar. And yeah. then also one squared, for Harry Kane. Kane, yeah. who then had, you know, went close for what yeah. would have been his hat I'm trick. glad Brighton are out. <laughs> it's avoided a I am because if we'd have drawn them, it would have been 1-1 one, one and pens Brighton, <laughs> Brighton Chesterfield Plymouth your, your UK is going to be everybody. fantastic isn't it um, and Basuma I, I mean again prove him oh. I mean they've done well you to keep him you can't get Rice get Basuma with yeah. the summer I think, yeah, <laughs> sounds like an ad camp the summer motto yeah. camp for Ambrosia if you can't <laughs> yeah. get Rice get Basuma <laughs> yeah that's very he's going to be in demand isn't he I mean they've done well to keep him now and I saw Grand Potter talking about it saying it's great that we've got him but he'll know the way things they tend to have to let a player if you were uh, Spurs <clears throat> sitting there and Daniel Levy, you'd be yeah. thinking, right, that's done our scouting job yeah. for the summer now. We would try and get in there first before anyone else because, like Andy says, I don't think, you know, I think there'd be a queue of takers. And, uh, you, know, um, you know, I think Aston Villa were linked, but like what you just yeah. said, I think he's destined for maybe Top bigger four, things. Mentioning dispatches for uh, in the Premier League, um, uh, Roy Hodgson shut out to finally get, first time in two years, a, a, a Premier League. Shut out for Watford and uh, Stuart uh, Armstrong's goal against Cole for Southampton. Yeah, what a goal! goal. And He's got Coventry unlucky as well. Yeah, but again, that was another sort of decent tie where it could have gone either way and kept the interest going. There we are. The magic is still alive. Marvellous. Um, unless you went out, of course, in which you can't stand it. But uh, anyway, for those of us still there and punching, uh, we love it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now here's some exciting talk sport news. Alan Brazil and Ray Parler are getting back on the road in April and May this year, appearing on stage in a hilarious live talk sport theatre show sponsored by Arnold Clark. They'll be mm. counting towels from the dressing room, from the studio, from their playing days, travels on international duty and, of course, Cheltenham. 
Uh, there'll be laughs and a few surprises along the way too. Make sure you grab your ticket today before they sell out. Alan and Ray will be heading to London, Stoke-on-Trent, Birmingham, Southend and Peterborough. Head to talksport.com forward slash events today. Somebody else also appearing on stage uh, this Friday is Jarlett Regan, the comedian, podcaster and Liverpool fan. He's going to be at the Leicester Comedy Festival and uh, he makes a welcome return to the show now. Good afternoon, Jarlett. How you doing, boys? Yes, good. we're good. Yeah, we're good. So, uh, yeah, I, I think our own Charlie Baker will be with me tomorrow. <laughs> he'll be appearing at the Leicester Comedy Festival. It's got bigger and bigger over the years, hasn't it? It has, and I think it's been desperately missed. I mean, let's be honest, we do need to laugh now that the dust is settling mm. on what we've lived through in the last uh, 24 months. I mean, I've never felt as excited to go to the Leicester Festival as now because it's kind of the, you know, you've broken January, right? You get through January, you feel like, oh, Six Nations is here. It's going to get a bit warmer soon. Leicester Festival represents that for me as well. It's a brilliant comedy festival. And like you say, massive amount of shows on. What's, what what sort of show can we expect? Is it, is it sort of new material you're doing or is there a, a theme? What's well, the story? Here's the thing. Last week I was actually meant to do my solo show at Peter's Pizzeria, beautiful pizzeria and venue in Leicester City. And I was at the track doing my speed session with Sonia O'Sullivan, who's, of course, my coach mm. uh, for my attempt to run five, uh, 5K in under 20 minutes. That's the challenge. And I, wow. I just couldn't move. I, couldn't, I, was, I had to be peeled <laughs> off the track. We had to cancel the show. Oh, really? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we had to cancel last Friday's show and we moved it to this Friday. So this Friday, it'll be in the Firebug. We put the two shows together in one huge gig. But the show that I'm doing prior to that is for Menfees, a brilliant uh, charity there in Leicester, menfees.org.uk. So it's you have a choice of two shows to go to, lads. You've got the one as a charity show, which is like a greatest hits show, my own hour, uh, supporting this brilliant charity, menfees.org.uk. Or you can go to the 10 o'clock show, which is a brand new show about the last 24 months that we've just lived through. Fantastic. And Sonia O'Sullivan, of course, was a brilliant athlete. And uh, mm. I mean, what's your best time before <laughs> so far? <laughs> well, started mm. out, I would say uh, it was September 2020. And, you know, I think she looked at some of my times and was like, were oh, you walking or running? <laughs> you did this. But my first, I think the first 5K I did with her like was just over 30 minutes and she was like it's not it's not altogether bad mm. but here we are we're really knocking on the door now i did uh an event a kind of uh, what do you call it a tune-up race out at lee valley velo park for the, those run-through events that they organize i went out there just to recce the track and all the rest and what came in at a time of 2041 so mm. now the irishman running abroad podcast has roped in three pacemakers and on February 26th <laughs> we're going to run it Kipchoge style with the V of the three lads out in front of me <laughs> breaking the wind uh, literally and figuratively as I tear around this course in the hope of breaking 20 for 5k I don't know what it is it is it is that mark, isn't it? The people have you got the cheaty song. shoes? Have you got the right shoes? I do have the cheaty shoes. The cheaty shoes. Like, lads, honestly, the cheaty <laughs> shoes, right? It is big. We've done about three episodes on them because, you know, I didn't buy it. How could a pair of shoes make you go faster? Hmm. And then my wife uh, produces a pair of the cheaty shoes uh, last uh, Tuesday, which is the kidney anniversary i have to drop it in as the five-year kidney anniversary i donated a kidney to my brother five years ago and she produces this wonderful gift anyway the cheesy <clears throat> shoes uh, nike vaporfly next percent two i put them on and i mean <laughs> it's crazy how it will knock seconds uh, if not more off wow. your time just they just they work the hype is real i can i can wow. testify wow. Uh, carbon footplate actually <laughs> does spring you forward like it, it won't run for you, but it will help. <laughs> like a conveyor belt, like an escalator. Yeah. When, yeah. When, so good. when are you going for the? <clears throat> when are you going for the twenty? Just remind mm. us, John. Is that, is yeah, that it's next? February twenty sixth? Right. So okay. It's the mm. end of the month. About three months, to three weeks to go, and people mm. can join up and uh, do it with me. Uh, we've got our own Strava group, <laughs> which people will know. The Strava, the Strava boards, the people that are on Strava constantly. But the Strava group to read for in this time period has been like really incredible for yeah. people that can 
run together, who had to run apart. In fact, that's our that's our slogan on the Irishman running abroad, run together while we're apart. And just that sense of community. We're bringing all together, all the Irish in London to Lee Valley Velo Park, February 26th and do this 5K and see if we can get around and raise a bit of money for charity in the process. Nice. And we'll talk to you mm. after that. But a couple of things. You mentioned the Six Nations and good start for Ireland at the weekend. But now it's Paris on Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, well, look, it was a great start. And uh, I mean, I think they were Bucky's favourites going in. And, uh, you know, that always makes me wary. It, it is it is clear that, that there's, you know, Gary Ringrose possibly, you know, should be a double line already. He's that good. Mm. Uh, there's a there's there's also a couple of people in there who I was like, well, this is a find. There's a you. You always need a couple of players to appear from nowhere, and that's that's happening for Ireland. But as you know, that that win in Paris is an extremely difficult thing to do, yeah. and that's when when Brian O'Driscoll, of course, scored those hat trick of tries in 1999. It was momentous because it's just so hard to do, and hasn't been done since. No, absolutely. Um, and just quick one on Liverpool before we let you go. Um, so it must have been weird for <laughs> Liverpool fans watching two of your favourite players going head to head against each other last night. Probably wanting neither of them to lose because they'll come back um, oh, look drained in the, after the <laughs> yeah, Cup well, of Nations. I, th- I think everyone's watching the Cup of Nations going just don't get injured yeah. and then of course Manny had that terrible incident where you know he clearly he's knocked out mid-air and for me I'm just watching it through my hands going why are we doing this to these guys who are already run into the ground but like it is showing you just the talent levels isn't it and how lucky we are to have them both how do you feel about Liverpool's chances of winning the league? Is that just me being crazy? No that this is I think it's no gone, Jarl. I think, no I think it's it's too much of a gap. Yeah. They're not as good as Manchester City and they will drop points. That's so my right. opinion. So that's a nice Sorry. little pep talk from no, Uncle Andy but, there. You know, Thanks, guys. You've, got to, well, you've got to be realistic about it. You know. Yeah. I mean, in the, the game in hand this week, they should win. Though, I think you're looking pretty Leicester. solid for second. I mean, I don't know oh, if no, that's any consolation. Nailed on second. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, boys, if they do win it, can you bring me back on and we can play back that clip? Yeah, we can. Very, very <laughs> and you can. You and you'll shave his head or do whatever else he needs to do or, <laughs> or uh, run a 5K in 19 minutes. That would be something to. Anyway, Giles, best of luck with. Uh, we'll say we'll speak to you after the the um, the twenty minute attempt. Good luck in yeah. Leicester this week, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks very much. Great to talk, boys. Thanks so much, Jarlath Reagan. Then go and check out uh, everything he does at Jarlath J A R L A T H. All the links are there to what he gets up to on social media, and you can find uh, the Irishman Abroad podcast, Irishman Running Abroad, and go and check him out in Leicester on Friday. Yeah, he's always good to watch. He certainly is. Yeah, the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, it's uh, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. We were telling you earlier on with that Andy is he's just he's a broken man. That uh, the possibility that neighbours will be no oh, more. Yeah. it. Are you still watching on a regular basis? Yeah, of course. Okay, fantastic. Oh, daily ritual. Um, and this, of course, is the last day of the uh, soap transfer window when the soap stars can be transferred. And I'm sure one or two of the neighbours cast They're desperate be, to get away. They'll be looking for a move now, <laughs> yeah. whereas they probably would have stayed them. But they see the writing on the wall and they That's want it. out. Yeah. So uh, you've been telling us what's going on, uh, Penny. It's a bit in, like Derby. Penny in Enfield. <laughs> yeah, oh, that'll be giving Derby a kick in. Um, <laughs> Doc Cotton is having a medical at Ambridge. Fee has been agreed. <laughs> Fantastic. So that's good, good here. Look out for <laughs> who I say. I knew a catchphrase in the eye. Um, Andy, don't forget, Paul left neighbours in the 90s. This is Paul oh, Robinson, right, yeah, of course, he as he went to Brazil for a few years after the the Mr. Adugoa deal. He got me there. And then came Udugawa. back to... Oh, Udugawa, sorry. Max loves the Udugawas. And then came back <laughs> to face prison. So not a continuous presence in fact. So that's Ben. He's a proper neighbours completist. And uh, so, yes, Gail Platt just seen turning up on the set of Emmerdale trying to push through a last-minute deal, which has gone till, I think it's... Well, it's normally 11 o'clock, but with soaps, it's till 8.30. So when the last of the soaps goes out, 8.30 is the deadline. So uh, any move before 8.30, do let us know who you've seen in the soap transfer window. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet J. Now, you heard... um, a bleep earlier on. It's not um, uh, Andy's uh, machine. Andy has bought... <laughs> now, tell us, he's holding what look like sort of two nunchucks. But These are rope... It's a ropeless skipping rope. 
Right, OK. Um, ropeless <laughs> skipping rope. I'll explain what they are. They've got the handles of a skipping rope. Yeah. We'll then need... I'd say about sort of eight to ten inches of cord. And at the end of them... Weight. Balls. They look like conkers. But yeah. I take it they are... And it does work. They're sensors. Yeah, yeah. So Andy is going to skip for us now. So you're going to... Th- don't hit me, those. Well, you're going to skip without your... Isn't it? Yeah. And it is like skipping. OK, it's like skipping. Can't you put a bit more into it? I mean, you're, you're taking... I could taking do, I'm take, uh, my knee's hurting. So. Oh, OK, I do apologise. Does it, does it yeah, record yeah, yeah. the amount of skips you're doing? Yeah, if you set it right, yeah. Oh, OK. Are you still getting grips with that? Oh, there you go. I, I can't help thinking this is a bit of a visual thing. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, you want, so I, I don't see the point of... I mean, I'll have a go in the break. I don't really see much point doing it on air, really. I think we'll get the producer to come in and film... Um, you doing it so people can see what skipping with a ropeless skipping rope looks <laughs> it's like. It's quite good. I tried it yesterday. It was quite. Did, you know. did it give you a good workout? It did. And yeah. so it's it's all the advantages of skipping without it's for being people who've got without you know, being in a, a small good... area. Okay. Yeah, so it's also can... people who can't skip because you haven't got that. <laughs> That's true. You've also you haven't got that issue of the <laughs> rope going under your feet yeah. when you jump up in the air and having any kind of athletic timing. Mm. So, uh, yeah, there is a little sensor on it here. You can look at the amount of skips you do. So you're going to try and work it. Look, it's a tiny little sensor on it and a lot of buttons. So I don't think you're ever going to make that work, are you? No, it does work. (laughs) It's good. You could always use it for a game of uh, virtual conkers, couldn't you? (laughs) All right, we'll try and film Andy. (laughs) We'll try and film Andy doing a little bit of that uh, for you very shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yep, it's pretty straightforward. We have six clips from January. We're going to play them to you now, and then, mm. if you can, go along to the, our uh, Twitter feed for the show, at T-S-H-N-J, T-S-H-A-N-D-J, where you'll see two semi-finals, and you'll be able to vote for your favourite. So we'll give it t- uh, 20 minutes or so for you to vote for your, uh, your um, semi-finalists, and then they'll go head-to-head in the final, and we'll bring you the winner just before drive. So, um, Andy, do you want to kick us off? Yes, we begin with Ian Danter revealing what life is like for commentators during COVID. Once you get to the press box, you sit in your seat and you stay in your seat unless you need the toilet and that's it. Uh, And you take a sandwich bag. It's not great, is it? (laughs) Not great, really. I don't don't like the sound of that at all. Being a dog. Um, here's Alan. I don't think he meant that. Here's uh, Alan Brazil and Ali McCoist on breakfast, chatting about Dutch sports stars of the past to their guests, the former Liverpool and Holland frontman Dirk Kout. That's Dirk Kout. Too young for Dirk. This 1977 Wimbledon, Virginia Wade beat Betty Stove two sets to love a thing. Uh, were you born then, Dick? I'm not sure you were. <laughs> I think Dirk's quite important because I don't think the Count family probably would have called their called their son Dick, would they? Just not the Counts. No. I don't think it, it would have been asking for trouble in the playground. No idea, no. really. Fisherman's Blues now, and host Nigel Botherway had a trivia question for us. I was once told how many maggots there are in a pint. Yeah, I thought it was a really good question Very because good question. I'm sure other people have thought about that. So yeah. um, I'm going to go. 900 and, uh, 983, what are you going to say? 872. 872, I look mm. next door, did, did I look at our producer. What is uh, 700, he says. Uh, Becky mm. on the decks, what do you think, Becky? Any idea? 500, 500 I think it could okay, be more yeah. than that. Anyway, look, I think we're all desperate to find out, so uh, we've all had a guess. You have a guess at home? You're right, well, let's see if you were right. Nige? I can't remember the answer, I should have written it down. <laughs> oh, what's the point? <laughs> Now he tells us. Ridiculous. Great, isn't it? This was a caller to drive. Do you know you used to call Rooney, yeah? You used to call him Man Boy. Do you know why? Because he was a man boy. There we are. Tremendous. Fantastic. <laughs> That'll be the reason, then. since drink may have been taken. Oh, just, as a, just a touch. A, a call to uh, the sports bar, I'm guessing. Um, so uh, this was Lisa O'Sullivan then with a, a tennis update from the Aussie Open. There are a total of six British players in action today, and the first of those will be Harriet Dart. She came through qualifying, but she's got a big ask. Okay, well, so much for insulting, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) there we are. And finally, Andy. And finally, with the Brits around the corner, this is Alan Brazil, Ray Parler, and Sam Ellard on Breakfast Talking Music. Elton John with Dua Lipa is called Cold Heart, and it is—it's a very, very good song. That isn't it? And um, who's it with? 
Dua Lipa and, uh, and, and Elton John. She's very good, Dua Lipa, isn't Dua Lipa. she? Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa? Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. You get the idea. Dua, Dua Lipa. And actually, we've got to be honest, that's not originally how it went out. We cut it down for size. This is how it originally went out. Elton John with Dua Lipa is called Cold Heart. Oh, is and it? And it um, it's a very, very good song, that, isn't it? And um, Who is it with? Uh, Dua Lipa and, uh, and, and Elton John. She's very good, Dua Lipa, isn't Dua Lipa. she? Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa? Dua Lipa. 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 There we are. Yeah, yeah. You'll never forget. You'll never forget who's who's involved in that song now, will you? So there we are. There's those clips of the month for January. Was it Dance and his sandwich bag? Was it Dirk Kout and Alan getting it wrong? Was it how many maggots in a pint? Was it Rooney Man Boy from the caller at the sports bar? Was it Harriet Dart? Uh, or was it Dua Lipa? Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Um, what was your favourite? Which one would you like to hear again just before four o'clock? Go to at TSHNJ, T-S-H-A-N-D-J on Twitter. And uh, the two semi-finals will be up shortly. Vote for your favourite. So we'll go through to a final. We'll get you to vote again for uh, the two finalists. We'll give you an update at around uh, 3.30 today. And then we'll bring you the winner. And we'll play that one once again just before four o'clock. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We do have uh, two finalists for the uh, Clips of the Month and uh, the final will be up in a few moments' time. It is uh, Harriet Dart versus Alan Brazil. Um, so go along if you did vote for the semi-final. tremendous achievement by Harriet. It certainly would if she can beat Alan. Uh, yeah. So at T-S-H-N-J, T-S-H-A-N-D-J, so the final will be up in the next, give it a couple of minutes. Oh, it's up it's now. probably the only thing she's going to win all season, let's be honest. So we have, uh, we have our finalists uh, up now for the Clips of the Month, so go along to at T-S-H-N-J, T-S-H-A-N-D-J, and vote for your favourite. Well, um, yes, a huge result yesterday for uh, National League Boreham Wood uh, beating uh, Bournemouth, who are flying high in the championship. A wonderful performance. And the added incentive before kickoff for uh, Kane Smith, the defender, was that he knew that a win would be taking them to Goodison, which yes. is uh, his favourite ground, is a big Evertonian. Uh, we're delighted to say that uh, Kane joins us now. Kane, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. How are you? I understand it was a bit of a big night. Did you did you indulge or did you behave yourself? I had a few. I, had a few. <laughs> I don't think anybody would blame you uh, for that. Really, did you? I mean, you've done very well in the FA Cup so far. I mean, you've not conceded a goal in the last five mm. games or so. So, did you go there with a bit of confidence? Did you think you had a bit of a chance? Yeah, I think uh, we all did. Obviously not conceding the FA Cup so far, but the run we've been on in the league as well, we always knew we had a chance. Uh, obviously, you need that little bit of luck that we had, but yeah, we always knew that we've got a, a good group and yeah, thankfully, um, we've done really well. You look, an incredibly well-organised team. You look well-drilled, you know, as you I mean, certainly defensively, but you know, the defending starts in front of you. But yeah, that was something that was very noticeable from somebody who doesn't see a lot of your team play. Yeah, we've been working on that all year, I think. The last few years, we've um, conceded from like set pieces or been a bit sloppy at the back, but we've recruited really well. And yeah, we've gelled. Like you say, we haven't conceded in the FA Cup, but we've not really conceded many in the league. The gaffer's so key on defending from the front. And I think we showed that last night. Uh, I mean, how often do you train during the week? Probably nothing like Bournemouth do, I would imagine. Now, to be fair, we're, we're, in, we're in most days. We have Wednesdays and Sundays off, but obviously probably not to their maximum like the tempo they're at but now we go through a lot like you say set pieces are key and the gaffer done a lot of analysis on them i'd say a lot of analysis really we didn't really <laughs> have much on us but no um we knew that we were we'd get a, a chance and a moment and yeah thankfully rico took it to, to score relatively early i mean this is not a lot of smash and grab you kept it tight to the 89th minute you're in lead from the 38th minute and that brings its own pressure doesn't it because they're going to come back at you yeah, 100%. Honestly, it got to about 60 minutes and I thought the clock was going back. It, <laughs> it was hard. Uh, they're, they're an amazing team and I think we struggled in the last 20 minutes when they're piling on pressure and bringing the big guns on. We always knew, but we've got three massive centre-arses. I'm sure you've seen them. So mm. balls in the box, we knew that we'd uh, we'd be dealing well with them. 
What were the Bournemouth players like afterwards? We said the the, the, the manager was a great sport, wasn't he? Because he, he, he knows uh, some of your boys from the past. But uh, what were the Bournemouth players like after the game? Yeah, they were a credit to them. They uh, they come out and said congratulations to us. Uh, Scott Parker come into the change room and he couldn't be more um, congratulated to us. It was uh, it was amazing. And yeah, it just shows what professional he is on and off the pitch. And so, why Everton for you then, Kane? Why, why why have you become? Why did you become an Everton fan? Was it was it a sort of family thing? Or yeah, my dad was um, he was a huge Everton fan mm. growing up. I think he's seen the best days of Everton. Really, I've not seen anything from them. <laughs> but no, I followed him, and uh, yeah, it just stuck with me all the way through. And I've got a lot of Liverpool fans as friends, so um, they've been giving me stick for the last. 15 years, I'd say. So, yeah, it'd be nice. And hopefully Everton could win something this year. Yeah. The, the, the Hibbert shirt, was that was that <laughs> underneath your shirt or was uh, was for good luck? Or did you sort of pull that on at the end? <laughs> no. Um, I put it in my bag. I remember mm. watching a draw beforehand and just to be in the fifth round draw was amazing itself. But to pull out Everton, I just thought, oh, surely not. It surely can't happen. <laughs> we can't get them. But I've, I spoke to the missus, like, I'm sticking the shirt in the, in the bag. Like, <laughs> if it happens, I've got to put it on. And all my mates batter me for it, so it had to come out. <laughs> and you have to put it on backwards to make it worse, obviously, to make <laughs> it work. Yeah, yeah, a bit high round the a round neck collar. Did you? Um, yeah. Where did you get that one from? Did did you get that from Tony Hibb? How did that come about? No, it's weird. So when I was a kid, I always wanted Everton shirts. So I had Everton shirts, but... I had like Tim Kale on the back. I loved him. And I always said to my dad, I want Tony Hibbert. And he said to me, I'm not getting you a Tony Hibbert shirt. So <laughs> as, as soon as I got enough money, I brought myself a Tony Hibbert shirt. And somehow it still fits me <laughs> just about. So, yeah, that's it. So how, that's how, fantastic. how old is it then? How old is oh, this? I think it's a good six, seven years old. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I haven't grown, as you can see. You haven't heard from Tony, have you? I know he's over in France these days. We tried to get in touch with him today so we could do a bit of surprise, surprise, but we've struggled because... Um, uh, but I don't know, have you, have you heard from him? I'll take it you yeah, will at some stage. there was an interview on, I think it was on Sky and through Alan Myers. He had done a, He was talking about me and he said about, if we get through, he'll have to get one of my shirts. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been amazing. It's been, honestly, the reception I've had from the last day and night has been crazy and the Everton fans have been amazing they've been tweeting me and yeah I, I can't believe it really the manager described you as a dysfunctional family but what's helping <laughs> he's getting our results what does he mean by that I think it's, it's one of them there's a lot of teams in our division that probably individually have got better better players than us but as a team the togetherness there is just unreal honestly I've never seen a, a group of players like it on and off the pitch with best mates and it's um it's, that's what's got us through, I think, the whole season. That's why we're, we are in the league and that's why we're flying high in the FA Cup as well. So, yeah, I think that's what he means by that. It's you are a, the Moose's local team, which is yeah, quite he, a responsibility. He's going to be all over you like a rash in the build-up, the Everton game. He's going to be he's going to be camping outside the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I see him there a few times, to be fair. And, yeah, no, he's a good lad. He's, he speaks to the gaffer a lot. And, yeah, it's nice to have someone like that around. Yeah, so um, it's it's going to be a dream for you, isn't it? Because uh, whatever happens, the Ever Evertonian is going to give you a great reception, one of our own. You're going to be getting all that, um, and but obviously, you know the way you've played, you're going to go there and, and, and give it your best shot. It's bound to be on the telly, Kane, as well, isn't it? So a huge game for you. Yeah, huge. Like I said, it's always been a dream for me to play at Goodison Park, and I'm sure as an Everton, I know all them fans will be a bit scared because they've been at upsets before. But um, no, hopefully. It'll be for me. It'll be a great occasion. Like I said, I've always dreamed of playing at Goodison Park, and finally, it's coming true. Yeah, and uh, you're going to Wembley. You're all singing Kesarasara, which I mean, who knows? Uh, you're, you're still in it to win it. Uh, but the teenage dirtbag Andy. It was a song that Andy didn't know much about. But so, what's the story of it from from the the, the club's point of view, the team's point of view? Well, we've got um, a lad, Connor Smith. He's the the DJ, should we say? And he put some terrible songs on, honestly. Him, <laughs> him and Scott Bowden, all they do is listen to these old school bangers. I don't mind them, to be fair. But yeah, that come on and everyone just got in the spirit of it. Everyone sort of knew the words and it just yeah carried on through there. And I think they've tweeted us a few times. So that's just stuck. After every win we have, it uh, yeah, that gets smacked on. And who's your favourite player at the moment there, Evan? Because I know you go out and watch when you get a chance. Then you go out and get us when you can. Yeah, I go to, if I get to a midweek game, obviously playing on Saturdays, mm. can never really go. If it's on a Sunday, I'll pop up there. It's not too far for me on the train. Um, but I'd say at the minute, I love Richarlison. Yeah. So he's been amazing. And the boys hate him, Liverpool fans. So that's why I love him even more. 
<laughs> so that's a shirt you'll be after potentially. Oh, 100 percent. Marshy's tried taking it off me already, and I've told him there's no chance. <laughs> is that what goes on? You say, okay, well, I've got my eye on this shirt. You, is there a, a, sort of an agreement? But who's going to go after which one? Not really. I think <laughs> we got to a point where when you get to the third round, like you say, for clubs like us, it doesn't happen to us often. So you, when you dream about getting the United's. Uh, Liverpool's people were saying that and I always wanted Everton so I told Marsh if we got United he could have Ronaldo's but if I got to Everton I'd definitely get him a Charlison's Fantastic and uh, yeah well it's, we'll wait and see what, when it's going to be and, and what channel it's going to be on but uh, it, it should be a fantastic occasion and uh, look you never know do you you probably would have said before Bournemouth that the odds were against you but you got a result Yeah exactly like you say that's the magic of the FA Cup it's, it's why it's the best competition in the world especially for clubs like us it's it doesn't happen often, and yeah, to get this get this far and get a club like Everton, we're all delighted. Excellent. Well, look, we wish you well, Kane. Uh, enjoy the build up to it and and the day itself. And hopefully, we'll be chatting to you the the Monday after the match, and you can talk us through uh, your your winning goal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we can dream. Cheers, Kane. All the best. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Cheers. There we are, the Bournemouth defender, Kane Smith, their big Evertonian, going to Goodison. That's it's what it's all that's about. What the FA Cup it is what it's all about. It is all about. Yeah, so we're delighted for him. But I'm sure there'll be more talk about Bournemouth mm. uh, in uh, Drive this afternoon with uh, Adrian Durham and Andy Townsend. Should I give you an update on uh, the clips of the month? And uh, the, they've got the final, so go along and vote in the final at TSH&J. Currently in the lead is Harriet Dart. Lisa yes. Sullivan mm. and Harriet Dart just edging it over Alan's pronunciation of Dirk Kelt. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just time to bring you the winner of the Clips of the Month. It was very tight. 51-49 was the final score. Ooh, but close. Just edging Alan Brazil out with his pronunciation of uh, Dirk Count. It's not Dick. It really wouldn't have worked. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have called him Dick, Al. Um, it was this one. It was Lisa O'Sullivan reporting from the Australian Open and talking about one of the young uh, English tennis stars. There are a total of six British players in action today, and the first of those will be Harriet Dart. She came through qualifying, but she's got a big ask. No need for that. <laughs> no That's need for that, Lisa. Isn't it, really? But there's your winner. Thanks for everybody who voted uh, today. Uh, we'll have some re- clips of the week for you on Friday. Anyway, the dream is still alive, as Nigel Pearson would say, for the mighty posh. And I'm sure that will be reflected. That will be reflected That's over funnier the... than Lisa's clip. <laughs> <laughs> that will be reflected over the next round. They go to City. They're there to be beaten. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. They've seen our defence. Anyway, a bit of FA Cup chat. And you're st- you've got skin in the game, Adrian. You can enjoy it. <laughs> it's the first time since I was at school we've been in round five. So uh, it's true. That's a true story. And we interviewed one of the posh defenders. I said to him, what's the problem? 
They don't have a striker, so you won't have anything That's defending true. to do. <laughs> we're through already. We're in the quarters. That's how we get Spurs. Then we'll make the semis. That's how we get Chelsea. Then we'll make the final. <laughs> Positive thinking. You've got to have that. Yeah, uh, I think we're going out. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Um, Charlie is with me uh, tomorrow. Charlie Baker from One Andy will be back on Wednesday. We've got plenty of live Premier League football. Thank goodness this week we'll all yes. got to look forward to that. So well, we'll reflect we've that. We've got on the Al show. Hilal. Uh, oh, yeah, you've got Al Hilal, haven't you? Of course. Yeah, we've got World Club Championship. They're all talking about forty-five it. chances. Yeah, <laughs> he won one penalties, and Kepper have to get us out of it. Yeah, we'll build up to the big World Club Club Championship game as well. I'm sure. Anyway, um, if you can listen from one tomorrow, great. If not, podcast available around four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.